Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, and today we have an exciting topic. It's going to be on how to grow your influence and maximize your vast potential. Uh, Today I have Shlomo Zalman Bergman on the line with us today, and he's going to be basically telling you a little bit about his story, how he got to where he is today, and basically we're going to be uh, discussing like how we really became like influential uh, people in our space. Uh, uh, Shlomo, would you like to take a moment to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, Thank you so much, Leonard, for having me on. I'm honored. Of course. Yeah, my name is Shlomo Zalman Bregman. I'm a 40-year-old guy, uh, 25 at heart. I live in the New York City area. Originally grew up in Boca Raton, Florida, home of many people's grandparents. And I have a colorful career. Um, I'm involved in at least four distinct industries and businesses. Um, I'm a rabbi of the Jewish religion. Um, I'm a professional matchmaker. I have a matchmaking company that my wife and I run together. Uh, Separately, um, I run a social media consultancy and a sales training company called Bregman Success. And um, I've been a business attorney for 16 years, running my own law firm in the states of New York, New Jersey, Illinois, and Florida. So between that and a family and uh, taking care of... (laughs) A lot of people, and ask the kindness, I'm a busy man. It sounds like you're quite busy. Out of all those different businesses you're doing, what's your favorite? Yeah, that's a, that's a terrific question. What, what I would say is that um, the, uh, the one I have the least actual pure passion for is being an attorney uh, because uh, that's... <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just keeping it real, my friend. <laughs> just keeping it real, you know. Um, the others basically are where my strongest passions lie. But um, my knowledge of business law has uh, informed enormously my ability to help people uh, in their lives, whether it's building their companies, my own entrepreneurial ventures, how to grow things and protect people. So I, I would say I'm pretty passionate for all the lawyering in and of itself. I'm not so into paperwork, but, uh, but when I can leverage what I know from there to help people get to the next level, it's good with me. Nice. So um, you said you own a social media consultancy. Like, what, what really moved you towards uh, getting into social media? Like, What started that decision? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great question. So I, w- I would say as follows. I, I never intended... Um, meaning it's an act of willful volition from the beginning to get to where I am today. Meaning, uh, you know, as a person who's known in the, in the media and uh, at the top of my field in, in Jewish law and, and, and the public and, and the public eye and the like. Basically, um, I never intended to get busy with that. What happened was um, I, like many people, seven, eight years ago, thought that social media was kind of a waste of time or for something for people to do when they didn't have anything else to do with their time. Uh, you know, kind of it's a, it's a time distraction, like, mm. like some people view video games or other things, you know. Um, what ended up happening was I was creating content. Um, at the time, I didn't think it was creating content. 
I was just teaching classes, um, sharing my wisdom with young professionals in the New York City area, and people started uh, videotaping it with my permission and posting it, um, and I was apparently, I was told, getting a lot of traction. Um, I wasn't Uh even part of Facebook very much, and I was told things were growing. Um, Ultimately, I realized that there's only so many people you could share a class with on a Wednesday night or whatnot in person. And when you can use distribution channels such as Facebook or Instagram or a lot of the media websites and whatnot, you're able to basically run your content through other people's platforms and you could add many, 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 many zeros to how many lives you can (laughs) touch. And so since that's what I was looking for in the beginning, man, it was an easy move. Nice. That's pretty cool, like um, how that really turned out where you were able to get traction off social media. I mean, when I first looked at social media, too, I'm like, oh, this is something to waste time. This is great. (laughs) I never knew that you could actually make money from it, turn it into a business or anything like that until I started seeing other people do it. And I'm like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. What I would tell you is that professionally, anything that I'm able to do professionally at this point meaning to have revenue come in and for people to pay me for my expertise or results, it pretty much started always from a problem or a need that I was trying to solve for myself. I never thought I would be involved in sales, sales training, the sales industry, marketing. I just, I just basically knew that I had a problem. I was a super smart guy with tons of information and nowhere near enough money to put groceries on the table for my family and we were regularly at risk of going hungry, right? <laughs> so yeah. I had to, you know, basically all these things that I'm able to do professionally came about trying to fix a problem that I had. When people saw my results, they asked me, how do you do it, number one. Number two, when I was able to fix my own problems, I started to share, uh, you, you know, we call it content, but I was just sharing the information, how I did it so I could take other people out of this pain as well. Oh, that's very interesting. It sounds kind of like me. Like when I started writing, like everyone kept asking me, can you mentor me? Can you teach me how to do what you did? And I'm like, um, no, I don't really have time for that. Like, I don't know where I'm going to fit in the time to like help you, but um, you can read my stuff and figure it out. And then one day it just clicked. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. If everyone keeps asking me to mentor them, if everyone keeps asking me to teach them how to do what I did, well, I like set up courses that like pretty much teach people how to do everything I did. So um, me and my business partner, we set up all these courses that teach people how to do that. And we take on clients who we do this stuff for too. And it's pretty interesting. Like the market kind of determines what you do as opposed to you determining what you do, right? Oh my gosh. I couldn't agree with you more. I've been, I've been studying you up since you graciously invited me to be on your show and uh, I think you and I are, are long-lost twins uh, in terms of many aspects of our journey and how we got to the places where we are and trying to add value for others. Yeah, look, there's no doubt. Um, you know, a person could say, I want to do A or I want to be B or, you know, I'm going to make money by doing C. But the, there's market forces at play. If you're not actually unique, if there's nothing uh-huh. of substantial value that you're able to bring to the table... You're going to be seen as generic by the marketplace. You will not have traction, and nothing is going to happen for you. So 
um, I think an enormous amount of self-awareness and living in truth is vital if a person wants to grow their influence or have any success otherwise. And like, you can wish you, w- you would be whatever you want to be, but the market will tell you, uh, and you have to have your ears up to get the feedback, where you're actually good, where your skill set is prosaic, where you're a 10, where you're a 1, where you're a 5. And I think smart people make moves based on that. Yeah, I'd say like maybe six to ten years ago, I used to live a lie, and I didn't really know I was living a lie. Like, everything in my life was, like, going wrong, and when people would ask me, like, how's everything going? I'd be like, oh, it's great, it's awesome, everything's going pretty awesome. And at the same time, my whole life was just crashing apart slowly. And then it didn't dawn upon me that me saying that everything was great and me not asking for help was what caused all that to happen. But then uh, once I started like being honest and open with myself, I was like, wait, people are actually willing to help me. They're willing to help me get out of the situation. If I start sharing my story with others, they started to pay attention. And it was kind of weird how everything just like flipped around just because I started to, you know, just kind of take ownership and start to be honest with myself. So I think that's an essential part of really going out there and really making it. Because there's so many people who are like, oh, I'm the best at this, I'm the best at that, and then are they really, really even the mm. best? Like, I don't call myself the best. I, I just say, oh, yeah, I did it, and it just happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I, I would say that, you know, admiring your work from afar, I think that being truthful and showing vulnerability seems to be some of your hallmarks, and I think that's an underrated factor uh, in success. You know, it's and, you know, obviously, you know, you're coming from a place of truth and that resonates with people. But I think many people try to pretend that they're perfect and that their life was always great. What they don't realize is if they make it sound like they've always had their act together, not only is probably is it untrue, but it makes it a lot harder for other people to relate to them where they're coming from. That so, oh, sure, he knows how to you know, do social media, but he was always great with video and he was never shy and he never had an issue with fear and he always had money. And, you know, he was born with a, you know, a, a golden tongue in his mouth. He could always speak to people and he knew how to communicate, and, you know? So I think that by sharing your vulnerability, ironically, people think that someone won't want to work with you. I think the opposite happens. They'll say, my gosh, you know, you may not seem so human to me now, but once upon a time, you were like me. Help me get from point A to B. Yeah, I think that's exactly what people think when they see content like that. Because, like, even when I get on the phone with some people, like clients, and they're like, oh, I, I never really had problems in life. I'm like, come on, you had to have something. <laughs> it's like something that did have gone wrong to really drive and get you to where you are today. And I think that's really how it works, where, uh, you know, the trials and tribulations really shape you into who you are. It's, and then the people who get lucky, it's like, like I even have difficulty relating to them. I'm like, I'm not sure if I can really like bring you on as a client because it's like, um, you're, you're going to have a lot of difficulty breaking into the market and getting real influence because people are going to be like, oh, look, you're perfect. How are you going to really like drive differentiation with that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say you're in a blessed position. Uh, it shows where you're at if you have the ability to turn clients away. A lot of people... Um, feel that they're in a financial position where they have to try to 
take on anyone or anything or any situation that is willing to hand them an Amex or a Visa. So uh, <laughs> I think you're blessed to be in that position. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of people out there. I mean, I was in the, there in the past where it's like, oh, yeah, we have to take on every single client. Then you're, like, digging yourself in another grave where you're like, oh, no, uh, this is horrible. I'm just complaining about my client all day. I'm not really getting any work done. And it kind of takes you away from doing the things that you actually need to do, which is kind of weird how certain people could, like, drag you out of the element even when they're paying you to pretty much drive you down yeah yeah listen it's it's true paying your groceries it's real that's a real thing and i you know i understand where people are coming from when you know the the rent is due and past due and you're nowhere near like that's real you know so i i can understand the pressures people could be under but ideally a person wants to build up to the point where you don't have to take on people you don't want because of the emotional drain you're going to have no pleasure from the work and the headaches. I think a real, a real road sign on, you know, on the path to success, a real marker, a mile marker, is when a person reaches the point where you actually get to choose at least somewhat, some of the time, who you work with. Yeah, I think that's the key thing there, really just determining exactly who you want to work with because there's a lot of people who are high quality and there's a lot of people who are draining and i mean both both of these types of people have money too and it's just like you have to be really picky and choosy of exactly who you want to work with and i see a lot of people really just get like bottlenecked in their business and they get stuck with their growth because they're like bringing on the wrong type of client yeah 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 it's common i i think i think uh from the opposite coast i'm over here in the new york city area i see the same thing as you yeah, especially since we're both in, like, really busy cities. Like, I mean, that attracts all types of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, no doubt. Look, when, when a person's under financial pressure, they might be inclined to take on whatever. But the more a person can become laser-focused as to where you want to go and what you really have to deliver and what your niche is, I think it's a lot easier to get traction and build that influence. Yeah, and especially if you're, like, struggling for finances, like, a lot of people, what they do is they get, like, pushed back into a corner, and then um, they kind of, like, have to claw their way out, and some people drop their ethics or morals, they do things that they wouldn't normally do just to go out there and make that uh, check for rent or their car payment or to put groceries on the table, and that's a scary place to really be in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes, and I'd be curious to know what you think about this, sometimes I encounter young professionals who are struggling to build up their career, uh, whether it's from the sales side, the marketing side, the revenue side, and they really will be exasperated because they'll come and tell you, like, I'm already trying my best, but they need is not more effort because they're already, you know, at 100%, they need a new strategy. I, I'd be curious to hear from your side what you've sort of observed in that area and how you've maybe helped friends or peers or companies that you've touched re-strategize because I think strategy needs to be spoken about a lot more. People love to talk about work ethic and hustle and just push harder, but um, if, if you're not pushing you know, in, in, in furtherance of the right strategy, you could be leaving a lot on the table. 
like one thing that we do at our company is like every three months we just take a moment to like really reassess and make sure we're going on the right path it's like are we hitting our milestones are we doing everything right do we need to reconfigure exactly what we're doing and we take those moments and those breaks to go okay are we on that long-term vision on that long-term plan with our clients we set down a strategy at the very beginning but it's never going to work completely out that way it's just a basic roadmap and i i see like strategies and things like that as like living breathing documents they're meant to evolve they're meant to change they're meant to turn into something different and with all those moving parts it's like if you stick to the plan the entire way, you're probably not going to get to where you need to go because you're going to discover different roadblocks. You're going to discover if your audience isn't connecting with you on a certain area. And sometimes you just have to pivot and change, but having those all integrated in your strategy are absolutely essential. Yeah, what brilliantly said. Yeah, no doubt. I think of it sort of like the Waze app in my phone that I use when I'm driving. You know, if I'm going from you know, New York City to somewhere in New Jersey, I have a basic 45-minute uh, path laid out, but you have to be open to mid-course correction. Otherwise, you're not going to get where you want many times as fast as you can because there's blockage this way, but, uh, you know, you can chop off six minutes if you hook it right. Oh, yeah, and that's definitely the way life is. Um, we're going to be hopping off into a commercial break. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Leonard Kim. Do you have somewhere that everyone can find you? Sure. Um, one of the fastest places is my Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Rabbi Bregman, R-A-B-B-I-B-R-E-G-M-A-N. And we'll hop back after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel hear the stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. 
Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, Larry Kim back here with Slomo Bergman, and uh, we're going to be on the next segment of the show. If you've listened previously, we really talked about how you have to really go out there and be vulnerable and truthful and be honest with yourself to really go out there and achieve success. Uh, what are we going to talk about in this segment now? Well, up, up to up to you, my friend. Um, I'd love to I'd love to know what what challenges you think most people are having out there, and how we could craft uh, some ideas and some real practical action tips for others. Well, I think one of the biggest problems that people face is like really how to build that audience and get people to listen to the message that they're saying. What What do you think about that? Yeah, listen. One of the biggest challenges that uh, it's not a modern problem; it's a, it's a long-standing one. Is no matter how good your product or your service or the goods you have, if nobody knows about it, uh, you're DOA, man. You're you're dead on arrival uh, in a business sense. So certainly, there's look. There's many balls that need to be juggled simultaneously for a person to get traction in business and, and uh, it, whether in the world of influencer marketing or as a thought leader or otherwise. And one of those balls that has to be juggled is attention. How do you get attention uh, and how do you keep people's attention? Um, and if you're uh, unable to have that, it doesn't matter how good your service or your product, your widget, um, nobody's going to know about it because you weren't able to get eyeballs and ears and brain space on it. Yeah, I really see that as a big problem. Like some people come out with like this brilliant product, this brilliant service, or they just have brilliant ideas and they're like, how do I get this message out there? And I see so many people like fall and stumble on their tracks. And it's like so sad because it's like they, they have something out there that could really change like the way the world works, kind of like an Uber or like a, a Waze or something like that. And they have no idea how to really get that out there to really change everything. What kind of tips do you have for people who have this great idea, something that's really revolutionary or some uh, lessons that they need to share with the world and they just don't know what to do? Yeah, well, I would say like this. I, I think before a person tries to go out and get attention, I think he or she needs to be able to clearly articulate um, what makes them unique or different? You know, what's the value proposition? You know, marketers would talk about what's your unique selling proposition or your value proposition, right? Is there, you know, whether you want to go blue ocean or otherwise. Person needs to be clear and be able to articulate in words what is unique about who you are or what you bring to the table at this price point. If you can't articulate it cleanly and clearly in words, and in a pithy statement, you're never going to be able to explain that to someone else. Because if you don't, I mean, I don't, I've met many people that are trying to start this startup and that. You ask them what they're doing, three minutes later, you still don't know what they're talking about and what they're selling and what their service is. You're still not it's more. Clear. It's more like so an think, hour later. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry? It's more like an hour later. You still don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it happens. So I think... I think um, before a person tries to go out and get attention, they need to understand what is unique. Because I, I want to give you this point, my friend, which I, I, I believe you know, but hopefully you know, your listeners will, you know, will glean some, some value from it. You know, a lot of people worry enormously about competition. You know, 
And so people sometimes come up with an idea like, what can I do that nobody's doing now? And I think that almost all of the ideas have been tried before. So whether a person wants to make a restaurant or a pizza shop or make candles or you want to clean homes or you want to start a dry cleaner or, or some kind of other service company, whatever it is, there's a million of them out there, if not more. The question becomes, why should a, if you can't explain why somebody should go to you, whether it's for your legal needs, your relationship issues, for their personal development, for their marketing, if you cannot articulate why somebody would be more advantaged, significantly so, by spending their dollars and opportunity with you versus other people, you're never going to be able to convey that over to the marketplace. And then don't be surprised if they don't want to give you their money. Yeah, like it's pretty surprising. Like um, a lot of people, they focus a lot of their time and attention on their competitors. But people still ask me to this day, like ever since I first started, like, have you seen what this other person does? They're your competitor. I'm like, who's that? <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea who the competition is because I never really look and I never really want to go out and compete with other people. Like, I think if I took that approach of let's go compete with others to mark my space, then I would never be where I am today because I'd be limiting myself to how far they got with their results and I'd be comparing my results to theirs. And Ooh, uh, now, think- now you're talking because... Because what if, I mean, this is what I think happens sometimes for, for people who are trying to accomplish. There's people around them who tell them, you can't be this or you can't do that. But how do they know? The fact that they, the, the person that's talking to you hasn't been able to accomplish that much doesn't mean that they're the measuring stick and the yardstick for what you could do. You know, I think exactly. that's a piece of the pie. Um, I, you know, I, I look, I would say there's certainly value, and I, you'd probably agree, in being aware in general what others offer so you can perhaps do it bigger, better, faster, you know, and add more value, whether in terms of uh, price or service or, or whatnot. But in general, spending your day watching what everybody else is doing in your industry, is, uh, it's an enormous way to waste time. It is. And I, I think one of the keys that really got me out there, because um, if you look at my first trajectory for writing, within six months, I went from zero views to two million. And within a year and a half, I got to 10 million. And my social media following grew quite heavily within that same time frame, too. Like, if I was looking at it, like, oh, I got to see what uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's doing, or oh, I got to go see what Brian Tracy's doing, or like any other of these people out there who are really making content and doing things. I probably would have been like, oh, my God, look, they got a million followers. I got 10 today. I'm so discouraged because I'm not I'm like um, 900,999,990 away from hitting that goal. I'm never going to be able to reach that. But then like if you look at way around like i went from 102 views uh my first month of writing content maybe 3,000 to maybe like 15,000 and like 60,000 and it just kind of like kept going up and up and up and i when i look back that way i'm like whoa like um if, like at the six month point when i had two million reads on my content if you told me six months before that hey leonard you're gonna have two million reads on your content i'd be like ha you're joking there's no way that's possible but then when i actually mm. yeah it was like whoa I didn't know I could do yeah. that. <laughs> well, and 
I think the main thing about that was I was constantly competing with myself. Like, how could I keep getting better? How can I keep improving? How could I like make my craft better than it was already? And I think that's what helped. Like me competing against myself as opposed to me competing with like Tony Robbins. Yeah, I think you're right. One thing, if I could piggyback on that, is you know every one of us has a unique voice and our unique personality and style and vibe and energy, and we people resonate differently with different people, right? Yeah. There's someone who might want to grow their uh, influence uh, and their online presence and their uh, social media authority. And they even want to get a blue check on their Facebook page just like you, right? But, and, you know, but they might research who you are and what you have to offer, and they might like you and vibe with you and appreciate your vibe and your humility way more than a lot of other people who have bravado and so-called swag and a big mouth, right? So, yeah. you know, so every one of us has our gifts, and um, I think when we're authentic with it, and bring it to the table, the people that are meant to find us do. Yeah, I was talking to another guy who lives in New York um, a few weeks ago on the show, and like his whole like funnel, email funnel, is like his stories of like how he grew up in Russia and had to like shower in like interesting situations. And what he basically did was just talk about that entire immigrant life and how he had to come here and just told all those like embarrassing st- what what most people would consider embarrassing as the stories that um, really like guided towards his courses and his programs. But that was what was making people convert. That was turning into sales for him because laughing and they're like, "Wow, this is this guy's hilarious. I need to get his material because if he can keep me laughing and entertained for this email, his content's probably going to keep me entertained. Plus, also teach me something too." And I mean, mm. me, I, I I don't have those stories, but I have stories of just like heartbreak, failure, things like that. But we each have those <laughs> stories, and I, I mean, it's just going out there and going, "Oh my God, this embarrassing moment that I had in my life." It, it's not an embarrassing moment, but it's actually something that I need to share with others because it has an impact that's going to like drive home. And I think those things that we're scared to share, the things that we're embarrassed about, or we're like scared of how others are going to judge us, those are our, our true differentiators in the world. Those are the things that really make it stick out. But so many people are embarrassed or scared to share them. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Perfectly said. But let me ask you this question. I'm just curious from, you know, from your bird's eye view. Do you see a lot of people, uh, usually they're, they could be millennials or Gen X or Gen Y or even people in their early 40s, you know, early mid 40s, who they find themselves very much trying to go out there now and become a personal brand, develop one. And I don't mean in the kind of sense that they have some uniqueness which they can build up and will follow them wherever they go. But they're actually trying to become uh, famous, <laughs> or, you know, known for a speaker and whatnot, who probably don't necessarily have the goods um, in order to make it happen, uh, and that they're just going after it because it seems like a popular, cool, visible track that's exciting to do. H- have you seen a lot of that? I see a lot of that all the time. I mean... The great thing is um, 
a lot of them, when they contact me and they see my prices, they're like, oh, wait, never mind. And uh, the only reason like I have high prices for my services is so I could differentiate like who actually knows how to do things and who doesn't. Uh, because like uh, to take me on as like a one-on-one client where I work with you, it's like $8,000 to like $40,000 a month, and it's usually a year contract. And chances are, if you're trying to go out there and build a personal brand, and you're looking for expertise advice, and you're going out there and hiring an expert, and you don't have that kind of money, you're probably not an expert in your space. You're probably not the person who went out there and became the top manufacturer in your industry or became the top manufacturer or the top distributor or the top uh, XYZ. Um, like for me, what I really like to work with is the type of people who've gone out there and they've worked for like 20 or 30 years of their life. They've created, uh, they've created uh, impact in the world. They're knowledgeable and they know all these things that the rest of the world doesn't know but they just never shared it with the public. And the only people who really know about it are the people internally at their companies. Like, I think if you've gone out there and you've internally changed the company and turned it into like maybe uh, almost like almost bankrupt business and flipped it around to like an eight figure business, you probably have the insights and the key traits to really go out there and become a public figure. But if you're someone who just like read an article one day and was like, Oh wow, I need to build a personal brand. I mean, that's a lot harder of a journey and there's a different, very different starting point for that. Like um, nowadays there's a lot of young kids who are like 17, 18 years old. They really want to go out there and build their personal brands too. Uh, that's why I created another course that really teaches them how to do it. And for the people who want to go out there and they want to build a personal brand and they don't know anything, you can still do it, but you have to leave with curiosity. You can't call yourself an expert. You have to go out there and say you're aspiring to be something. You have to be genuine and honest, and you have to have a huge sense of curiosity to make it with your personal brand because people are going to buy into you and your curiosity, and they're going to want to help you. Otherwise, if you're like a 17, 18-year-old kid or someone who's like 40 who doesn't really know anything, and you're going out there and you're trying to build your brand, people are like, oh, that guy doesn't know what he's doing. That person's like full of it. And then like people see it from a million miles away. And I mean, it's so hard to really go out there and portray what you're not. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm, I'm having in mind right now a conversation. This was sort of maybe the launch point for what I put out to you before. I had a conversation a couple days ago with a, a young professional who reached out to me on the phone and was asking me for tips and advice on how to grow his uh, sales. And I, you know, took some time to research, and I realized that this person is trying to sell his product or service. Uh, it's a personal service in a massively competitive spot in industry and niche. And what I came to discover is that um, nobody is really taking this person super seriously when uh, he goes out and tries to pick up clients because he uh, wants to or purports to be able to create a certain result for people, but he himself has never created that result for himself before. And I spoke to him and gave him a a slew of tips uh, what he could do in actuality that would build his credibility and authority um, from third-party sources, whether in the media or from referrals or whatnot, 
so people would realize, you know, it's one thing if you say, I, I'm the best, it's another if everybody else is saying you're the best, right? And yeah, I was a little so, dismayed so because at the end of the conversation, he concluded that what I had advised him was, quote, too much work. He said that again, too much work, too much work. And then he said hmm. he was going to go try to buy likes uh, this way or that way for some of his social media accounts to boost up the perception that he actually is what he purports to be. And uh, oh. I found that to be very disheartening. But to be honest, Leonard, it's not the first time I've, I've heard that from someone's mouth these days. Yeah, a lot of people are trying to take shortcuts out there. Maybe what we should do is hop into a commercial break. And when we come back, we could really talk about shortcuts that people are taking. What do you think? I'd love to talk about that. We could cool. definitely so, talk about that. And we'll, we'll have enough for three shows. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll be hopping off for a commercial break. You can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter. And where could you find you again on Facebook? Um, Facebook.com forward slash Rabbi Bregman. R-A-B-B-I-B-R-E-G-M-A-N. Everywhere on social media, I'm Rabbi Bregman. Easy to find. Perfect. Sounds good. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Would you like to make more money, help more people, and have more fun? Tune in to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show because you'll discover the money, mindset, and marketing skills that will help you create the abundant lifestyle you desire. As an international keynote speaker, best-selling author, and thought leader, Noah helps business owners increase their income, influence, and impact. So tune in to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern noon pacific on the voice america influencers channel change starts here change starts now join us the voice america influencers channel this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. 
Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Larry Kim back here. And if you've been listening to this show, we've covered a lot of interesting things. Uh, in the beginning, we really talked about how to go out there and uh, figure out what you're influential about. In the last segment, we've talked about how to really go out there and figure out how to build influence through authenticity and vulnerability. Uh, what we're going to really cover in this segment is shortcuts. Everyone wants to take a shortcut in life, right? Absolutely. I mean, ideally, certainly when I'm driving, I do. <laughs> but the problem is, there's a lot of shortcuts in life that you can't take. And I think I'm going to start out with talking about some of my personal shortcuts that I tried to take a long time ago. Like, I used to date this girl. We, let's just call her a wonderful woman, even though a lot of people may not think the same way. <laughs> but um, Oh, yeah, no problem. Let, let's be charitable. Okay. <laughs> let's say she was wonderful. Um, when I was, like, dating her, like, one of the key things that, or after we broke up, I, I I always wanted to get her back, and she would say things to me like, oh, you're not making six figures yet. I don't want to date you until you make six figures. And I'm like, oh, if I make six figures, will you take me back then? And she's like, maybe. <laughs> I'm like, oh, now i got to go figure out how to make six figures. And she's like, you're not successful. Oh, <laughs> you don't drive this. You don't do that. I'm like, okay, so if I do this, will, will you date me again? And she's like, maybe. And I'm like, Okay, I gotta go work towards this, right? So I have my eyes on the prize. I'm like, how am I gonna go out there and get this? And each time, like, we would have this conversation, I'd be working on like some new venture, putting all my time and effort into it, trying to make something credible, something that would last. Then once these thoughts like came to my head, I'm like, okay, you need to do this faster. You need to do this faster. How am I gonna do this? Gotta make this work. Gotta make this work. Gotta make this work. So I start taking shortcuts. Like I'd be like, you know figuring out how to take the path of least resistance, how to skip steps in the process to really speed things up. And I, I like to compare it to maybe like building a building a home or something, right? Let's say I take out the drywall and I don't put that into the wall. Every single time I did this, everything kept crashing down over and over and over and over again. So I ended up broker and broker and broker and broker each and every time. And so I almost ended up homeless and um, was living back with my grandma. So I, I mean, for me, mm. I, I know that shortcuts aren't the things that I really like taking. What's your take on shortcuts? Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I think there's a real distinction to be made between things that we do or approaches we take that are merely intended to save us time but in no way um, are connected to falsehood and the shortcuts people try to take that are connected to falsehood. Um, from my heritage, from the, the Jewish religion, um, in, the, in the Bible, in the Torah, it's very anti-falsehood. And we're urged to distance ourselves from it, not just, not just to not say a lie, but to even get as far away as you can from an untruth, you know, yeah. even as far as you can away, uh, to distance yourself from falsehood. Um, so, for example, you know, um, if, if uh, uploading a video to my YouTube channel, where I have a couple hundred videos, uh, takes time to upload it and have the right thumbnail and to... Uh, come up with the transcript, uh, you know, for the, um, you know, for the closed caption and all the tags and everything else. Sure, uh, sure, that takes time. So, you know, to me, it's a valid, quote unquote, shortcut 
uh, to pass that along to an assistant, whether in your office, you know, virtual assistant, and have them upload it according with your instructions. To me, that's a valid shortcut, but you're not, you know, presenting any falsehood to anyone. It's just you're trying to make the most out of your time and your resources. And if somebody else could do this, uh, you can move on to higher value targets. I think there's a distinction between those kind of shortcuts people want to take and those which portray an inaccurate sense of who we are uh, to the public, um, whether we think that's going to help us get more uh, clients or more revenue or boost our self-esteem. I think in the long run, connecting ourselves to falsehood is a formula for maybe short-term failure, but certainly long-term. Yeah, like let's talk about that guy you talked about who said he wanted to go and boost likes to his page. Let's say theoretically he went out there and bought 500,000 Twitter followers. The thing is you could check sites like TwitterAudit.com and see how many of those are real and how many of those are fake. So, I mean, if he's buying them all, you could – Anyone who's really looking into diving deep with this person could do an audit and they'll be like, oh, uh, this person doesn't really have as much of a following that they thought they did. Now, let's say they're buying you, you just, followers. You just taught me something, Leonard. I didn't even know such a thing exists. <laughs> I never looked at, I never looked into all this. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I was talking to this one lady once, and she had, like, 250,000 followers. And I'm like, why have I never heard of her? So I typed in that thing into the audit system, and it's, like, 10,000 real followers, 240,000 fake followers. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I oh, see wow. why Does this heard only exist for Twitter or for other platforms as well? I'm sure they have it for other platforms. But then, like, let's say someone buys 100,000 likes on Facebook, right? Now, let's say you're really trying to build a real audience and make your content uh, seen. Your algorithm is going to be so messed up because it's it's got all those fake accounts in there that no one who really needs to see your message is ever going to see it. And that causes another disadvantage. That's correct. Yeah. Well, also, if you you would try to boost a post, we're just talking Facebook now, and you would try to do it to basically people who like the page and their friends, I don't even know where that would go. <laughs> where would your hey, post even go? It go into like those bot lads. Like, have you ever seen that video where they have like a hundred like cell phones on the rack? <laughs> and they're just clicking buttons and probably go to there. <laughs> yeah, be- between that and uh, and those homes and apartments and spaces that have been overcome with the Bitcoin machines, that's my image. Yeah. I think that's where that would end up. And then, like, even on top of that, like, let's say you're going out there and let's say you fool someone into, like, believing that you're legitimate for your services. Then you go work on their accounts and you start building things up for them. And they're not seeing those results. And maybe they're even recognizing that you're putting fake things for them. Guess what? They're going to call you out on that. They're going to probably ask for a refund. They're probably going to go and, like, Maybe even leave a review about your business on some not some website that you don't want them to leave a review on. I mean, these are all really the consequences of going out there and taking shortcuts, especially when it comes to your reputation. And maybe someone is going to call you out in a big publication or something like that and go, look, this guy's not good. Or maybe you could even oh, get I'm, a lawsuit. I'm like, with you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah Leonard, you know what I just remembered? Um, speaking of areas, 
spoke about this in obviously now a little in the break. Areas I've seen people that I just don't know what they're doing <laughs> or what they're trying to do is, you know, it's very common and popular today to go to people's website and there's like media badges and logos from places where they were featured or they write for or where they appeared, you know. Um, I think that you should be able to figure out um, by on your own manually with Google and whatnot if this is actually even true, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, it's not that hard to upload or whatever you need to to your WordPress site, you know, as featured in, uh, you know, who knows where. But, but, you know, but I think it's important for people when you want to actually show the credibility and the accomplishments you do have to maybe even have on your website a press page uh, or whatnot where you can actually link to. This is something I've, adv- I've advised people and I do myself where you've been featured and what outlets and whatnot. So people can go see it from themselves. A, it's interesting. They can go get ancillary info and read up and study you. Uh, but I think also it's a way for those who have been blessed to have some real accomplishments so far to actually show it uh, and in a way that people can see for themselves that you are who you purport to be. Yeah, like on my website, LarryKim.com, I have a media room too and I, I, it's really hard to scroll to the bottom. <laughs> it's That's pretty long. Sign. That's, that means you're doing something right. Hopefully. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean, like, a lot of people put the logos on there, but then, like, let's say you're putting, like, a Fox News logo on there. I can type in Fox News and your name into Google, and if it doesn't show up, then I'm going to be like, is that really something that you were in? Like, I don't believe it. And, yeah. I mean, there's so many ways to fake credibility, but it just gets you in trouble, and it burns your bridges. Yeah. Yeah, listen, look, we... we, we... We live in a complicated world, and look, there's plenty of things. It's not, I don't think this is a new problem. I think the Internet just start, gives a big accent over this in today's world, and, but I don't think this is a new problem. I think at the end of the day, everything that you want to build up that's real takes a lot of time. Uh, time is a massively important variable that if you throw it, at an issue or a problem, it has a way many times of resolving itself, you know. Uh, if you keep doing what you're doing and you save, for example, financially, the amount you're saving now and you keep going, you know, and you keep saving this percentage, it's going to add up to. But a lot of people are crazy impatient today, and I think that really shuts so many people back. Yeah, and then on the flip side of things, let's say you go out there and you build a real, genuine, personal brand that people really buy into. Like, let's say you're five years in and you just have a bad year. Like, let's say it's like the worst year of your life and everything's falling apart. Your personal brand's built so much momentum that it keeps moving forward even when everything in your life is just crashing down. That's kind of like me last year. Like, last year, I'm like, my Mm. life really sucks (laughs) but then it was weird because i was still getting like media features like i think i got like 200 media features last year and i'm like that's insane for someone who's having like the worst year of their life and like i got like yeah all these like good clients and i'm like wow this is pretty insane like how the personal brands could just keep moving forward when things just aren't going right and um yeah if you do it the right way even when you have hiccups everything's 
keeps moving forward for you. Yeah, you know what I think it's like? Like, um, like a fan. Like the kind you could, you know, whether you have one on your roof or plugged into, you know, it's sitting on your desk. Even if it's going really fast, if you unplug it, it doesn't come to a complete screeching halt because of the amount of energy that's been built into it already. There's a certain kind of momentum and self-propulsion that keeps the thing going and circulating, you know, even afterwards. Go, yank your cord out of the wall. If they don't keep going for a while, I think that's what happens when a person has positive momentum. Oh, yeah, and if you have enough positive momentum, that thing could ride you an in, in, in entire year or longer. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, well, listen, to, uh, you know, if, if 217 was a rough one for you, God willing, 218 will be your best ever on every front. I, I really feel that way. I really do. Like, um, last year was pretty tough because um, um, not this last Thanksgiving, but the Thanksgiving before, my um, ex-girlfriend broke up with me. And then, like, I just kind of felt worthless. And um, around this time, last year, I was supposed to go to a TEDx talk at UC Irvine to see Ryan speak. And Ryan mentioned me in his TEDx talk. But um, before that, I was supposed to meet with her for brunch. And I sat at the restaurant for about three hours and she didn't show up. So I just felt broken inside and I think that just carried with me throughout the whole year. And on the way home, the song by Calvin Harris started playing. It was called Worst Day and it goes, this is the worst day of my life. And I'm like, oh wait, this really is the worst day of my life. <laughs> I just skipped Ryan's TEDx. I went home to go in bed and cry. And I kind of felt like, you know, broken and I had to go figure out when I could go see my therapist and all this other stuff and that was kind of the trajectory for my life back then where uh, last year and I was trying to get out of that feeling of feeling worthless and things like that wow yeah wow I, I hear you hey listen it's a good thing you're speaking to a professional matchmaker on the phone had I, <laughs> had I known you were in had we known each other at the time you could have just hit, hit me a text message that's true huh <laughs> Okay. Well, Listen, b bigger things are ahead for you, God willing. Thank you. Well, we're going to have to close out the show now. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you so much for being here, Shlomo. You can find me at Mr. Lang Kim on Twitter. And um, where can you find you again? Um, I'm on all the platforms. I'm at Rabbi Bregman. And, of course, you can always Google my name, Shlomo Zalman Bregman. I'm easy to find, RabbiBregman.com. You want to find me? You will. Perfect, and thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.